like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Welcome to the Jumping Scared Podcast. I'm joined today by my twin brother, Eric, and we're bringing a new idea for an episode today, and it is a immediate reaction to a horror movie, and that's going to be coming from a movie we just watched together, and that is You Might Be the Killer from 2018. Eric, you feeling good? I'm feeling good. So this was a movie that kind of it makes you interested just based on the premise. So it's a horror comedy, which... Some people kind of have mixed reactions about. I think both of us can appreciate a good one. Um, There's a lot of bad ones, though. You gotta, <laughs> you know, you gotta take the bad with the good here. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be a little apprehensive, but some are very rewarding. Uh, so the basic premise of you might be a killer. Uh, it's a camp counselor suffering from blackouts finds himself surrounded by murder victims. He turns to his horror movie enthusiast friend for advice and to contend with the idea that he may be the killer. And this is going to be starring uh, Fran Kranz as the camp counselor slash maybe killer and Allison Hannigan uh, as the horror guru friend, which I was a little skeptical when I saw her in that role, but I think she actually did a pretty good job. I think she did a nice job with it. I don't know. There's certain people who just over the course of their career, just at least for me, get like ruined. And so Allison Hannigan is one of those. Oh, ruined. Ruined's a strong word. But I think it's accurate. So she, for me, she gets ruined because she was like the most annoying character on what was a super annoying show in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and also she was like the geeky nerd in uh, American Pie. She's lovable in that, though. She's lovable, but like, I don't know. It's a reason for me why, you know the show... Um, Fool Us with Penn and Teller. Yeah. She, she's a new host. She doesn't do great there. Yeah, I had to stop watching that show because the old she host was better. Um, okay, this is also coming from director Brett Simmons, and I actually don't know much of his kind of directorial influence. I'm going to quickly look. Okay, so he's actually done a movie we've seen together, and that's Husk from 2011, which is... I, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it was interesting. I think it was interesting, and it was a fun watch. Not a great movie, but we had fun with it. Yeah, that's that's a way to say. It. I mean, we're also looking at the rest of his filmography, and nothing stands out. Husk is, uh, Husk is, <laughs> Husk is a fun movie. It's like the kind of thing like if you maybe like were like, okay, I've got some money, and I had this weird dream last night. Maybe I should make a movie. Uh, Husk is like kind of the product you'd get, but it's not quite living up to what your dream was, and you're like, oh god, we're already past casting and screenwriting. We should just go on with this anyway. Um, this movie is better than Husk, I think. Yes, Eric's being a lot more critical than of everything <laughs> that I was going to be, probably. Um, I think with trying to get back into the movie, obviously we, this is a mo- uh, a podcast where we don't have preparation, we don't have notes. We, we, we literally finished this movie about 10 minutes ago and then just threw the podcast on. So, uh, like Eric already gave a basic description, um, this is very much in the vein of the hyper-meta horror comedies that you see, like Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, uh, Cabin in the Woods, uh, behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon this is very similar it's very aware of the tropes of the genre it's very aware of the kind of general setup with a you know a killer stalking prey the fodder who are not so developed and then you have the final girl this is all really present they're openly acknowledging it allison hannigan's playing a character who's constantly referencing both actual movies and fictional movies just to kind of build the lore of horror movies so it's very much on the nose so if you like those movies I don't think this necessarily is as good as the ones I mentioned, but 
I had a fun time. There was definitely moments where we were both laughing. There was moments we were having fun. I think overall, it didn't hold me the entire time, but I think it was a fun ride. Yeah, and the movie that we, we, we actually briefly mentioned it because it just came up in natural conversation as we were watching the movie. Uh, it definitely uh, goes after the Friday the 13th concept, especially the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Nine, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, was gonna, I know, I always do that with the Nightmare on Friday. Sorry, you yeah, made, Friday. You made me question myself, <laughs> and I can't believe you've done this. Uh, yeah, so it took after Friday the 13th, especially the original. I mean, it's set in this uh, campground. They've got a bunch of camp counselors kind of one by one picked off, and they even uh, kind of like mention this or talk about this with the uh, media choice they use and the screen angles they use. They shoot to that or switch to that first person shot a bunch, and they've got that weird like music, and I did that really well. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, Friday the 13th is one of my favorite movies. So I appreciated that, and it's yeah, it's 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 fun. It's not the first horror comedy I would recommend, but I think if you're trying to drink a couple beers, have fun with a friend, maybe if like you're out of options, this isn't a bad way to fill your time. Yeah, like like I said, I would suggest, you know, Leslie Vernon above it, I would suggest Cabin in the Woods, oh, Tucker I, and Dale. I mean, Leslie Vernon is not really a horror comedy. Yeah, it is. No, it's Yeah. It's it's a metal horror comedy. It's a metal horror comedy, but it's not comedy. No, no, it's a metal horror. I just, I just watched it like two weeks ago. It's absolutely horror comedy. I don't think that's true. I bet, I bet if we look at IMDb, it's going to pull up horror comedy for it. I, I can do the quick search uh, so we can... Uh, and then let me do a new tab. Oh, comedy no. horror. Comedy first. Comedy, then horror, then thriller. Okay, so maybe I'm just like picturing the end, which is like pure horror. Yeah, it, it transitions into, but like that's the setup, you know, yeah. the, the whole thing. But anyways, we're getting off track. Um, I think a lot of this movie it did stuff fun. You know, so like the, so the big thing Eric explained the you know description that this camp counselor has blackouts. Uh, it almost presents itself at first as like a who done it. We don't know for sure if he actually was you know the the killer, but that's kind of turned on its head. Maybe twenty minutes in, we find out. And this obviously this is going to be spoilers. Uh, <laughs> well, we maybe could have said that earlier, but anywho, you know we're doing immediate reactions. So uh, this he we find out that he is the killer, and essentially we're just backtracking. We're doing a lot of almost confusing time jumps. It'll go back in time, then forward a little bit, then back more, and uh, at a certain sense, you kind of lose track of the overall story. But I think that was maybe almost an even intentional. Uh, I don't think they are necessarily. I don't think uh, Brett Simmons, the director, necessarily set out to tell a linear story. He kind of was doing this jumpy around to the different parts and i think it overall i think it worked like it it kind of left me a little confused at times but it's a comedy it's a horror comedy it's a meta horror comedy so i think at the end of the day it was just kind of a fun way to show a lot of kills give a little backstory then just jump to another kill or you know just do different things that way yeah and the one way you could kind of keep track of where the timeline was at was typically in between uh when it would switch from the present day uh, and he was the killer was having a phone call with his horror enthusiast friend to like try to piece together what was going on it would usually show like the kill count of the number of counselors that were dead which is kind of fun it's a fun idea you can kind of see that in some uh battle royale type movies but uh this was fun because there were some scenes where you didn't necessarily know if somebody was dead and then there was a scene eventually where uh somebody who we thought could have been dead shows up again and then it like scratched off the current number and went one less yeah so it was a g- kind of goofy way to add a little bit of uh 
kind of I don't know, just funness and uh, a little a little flair, a little pizzazz. Yeah, a little pizzazz. I like that. And then uh, so this is also a a movie that. Like Eric was saying, very reminiscent of Friday the 13th, uh, like even the name of the camp they're at. I think it's Camp Clear Vision, you know, versus Camp Crystal Lake. So kind of similar even name there. Uh, camp counselors up there before the campers arrive and you get a lot of first person shots. So very, uh, very reminiscent of a, of a Friday the 13th. It, it, I think it purposely pays a lot of homage to the horror genre. I'm sure uh, Brett Simmons is a big fan of the genre because this movie felt like somebody who is a horror fan and was making a movie to like reference a lot of movies and really just have fun with it yeah so if you if you really want (laughs) so we're just kind of scrolling through the imdb page just to see if there's anything going on and uh not only is this review like not helpful (laughs) but the number of people who found it helpful is also unhelpful so the review says not the greatest but interesting and then, for some reason, 13 of 19 people found that helpful. So it's almost like a like that number of people is like the exact equivalent of that title. Yeah, you could it, it's, got it. the, it's got the sentence. It's not the greatest, but it's interesting, like the headline says. It's a good laugh for a horror-style movie! Exclamation point. And then, review end. Yeah, it's so, an, so 6 out of 19, so you're looking at about 30% of people were just like, no, this guy's wrong. And then, apparently, there's still 13 people who are giving this movie a positive review on imdb even though they took away the boards yeah ago. another thing i liked with the movie was so we have allison hannigan her character chuck is she, she works in like a kind of a video slash bookstore and she's obviously a horror nerd a bit she she knows a lot of the lore and a lot of the history of some horror movies and uh the, the kind of the plot is driven a little bit or like the narration to our main character sam who's played by fran kranz is a phone call with Chuck where she's essentially essentially like breaking it down like okay well did you do this did you do this well if you did that then this is gonna happen like he's she's essentially like you know explaining from all these other horror movies like well if you did this and it's probably because this happened or if uh you know if this girl's still alive then if you're wearing the mask she's gonna kill you <laughs> like you're just gonna that's it's you, you could be the most competent person in the world but it's a final girl and the final girl always wins and so it's kind of I think it was kind of fun to have uh this this character narrating that and essentially really breaking down the mechanics of a horror movie because there's a lot of there's a lot of horror movies that really just fall into that formula and i I think especially the 80s and kind of leaking into the 90s slashers that really followed that formula and i think this is a fun breakdown of that i agree i really like the character the performance of the actress (laughs) pissed me off but i would say it's probably her best performance which is saying something since I just said it pissed me so, off. So I, I'm also not a huge Allison Hannigan fan, and me also is mostly just because of uh, not how I met your mother, but because of how I think uncharismatic she is as the host of uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us. But I, like once the movie kind of got going, I really just forgot it was Allison Hannigan. Like, she got better as it went on. So I think she, I think she was great in her role. I think the lead Sam was a very fun character. He's like this very happy-go-lucky, goofy camp counselor when he's not wearing the mask, and then he's this brutal killer when he's wearing the mask. So I thought he did a really good job portraying those uh, two aspects of it. Yeah, I don't know what's what's with me, but I'm just like too biased when it comes to her. Even the spelling of her name makes me angry. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got to move faster then. We got to talk about something other than Allison. And Allison Hannigan. I'm actually just pulling up the main actor, Fran Kranz, who played Sam. I'm seeing if... Oh! I thought he... He reminded me of him, so we're just finding out he is the same... Horror veteran. He is the same, uh, the pothead from Cabin in the Woods. Who, who, yeah, who ends up making it to the end with uh, our final girl. He interestingly kind of swaps roles with Chuck. He's more of the knowledgeable 
uh, kind of go-to guy in the Cabin in the Woods movie. Yeah, he's also was also in M Night Shyamalan, M Night Shyamalan's The Village and some other big movies. So he's been actually yeah, in quite a bit. The new uh, Dark Tower series, which you new, loved as a Stephen King fan, right? <laughs> uh, loved the series. I've, I have not heard good things about the movie and have not seen it. But um, okay, so we were just looking into his. Uh, profile real quick obviously not so much preparation for this episode we're just doing immediate reactions and uh with that said eric we have not really talked about you know we were chatting a little bit during the movie but it was mostly kind of laughing or like pointing out something like we liked or didn't like here and there so i kind of want to just do overall thoughts and overall like a quick rating off the top of your head for this movie and then would you or would you not recommend so if you want a little time to think i could start off no i'm good you're good okay go ahead uh i think the big takeaways are I really like, so there's only a few movies that have kind of tackled like having a character who is very presently aware of like horror movies. Uh, Scream does it throughout the franchise. Like we mentioned, Cabin in the Woods kind of does it. Um, Leslie Vernon, for sure. As as a fan of the genre, it's kind of cool to see that because you can kind of like compare your knowledge base to whatever the character is. So this movie did that and... Since it happens so little or so uh, unoften, I appreciate it. And as we mentioned, I was even able to move past the fact that it was Allison <laughs> Hannigan and kind of enjoy that character still. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to put like a, this <laughs> episode title as uh, immediate reviews and uh, uh, I guess immediate re- reaction to this movie plus Allison Hannigan hate. <laughs> my being, goodness. I'm, being, I'm not doing anything over the top. I'm being very realistic. <laughs> okay. uh, so that's that's a really good positive. If you like seeing that kind of character, I think you'll be able to appreciate it in this movie. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it was silly. It uh, didn't take itself seriously in any manner of the word, which I really appreciated. Uh, the only thing that else I'd really remark on is that... I mean, who cares about spoilers? The very end... Like tries to set itself up for a sequel for some reason. <laughs> no, I don't know if it was setting up for a sequel. I think it was just kind of doing a, a gag almost. Like, yeah, know, maybe. You know, maybe it's a play I, on I, that. Yeah, we haven't idea. referenced zombies yet. Let's reference zombies. I think it was just kind of a gag, it, it, tying to another you know aspect of yeah, the maybe, maybe it's be, make, making fun of the movies like Friday the Thirteenth, who immediately set up a sequel with like their last closing. I think moments, I think like that's Jason what it was. Pulling the girl off. The I think camp. that's what it was. I think it was much more a, a tongue in cheek. Uh, oh, this is completely unnecessary and we're throwing it in to <laughs> just add a little bit to the end of the movie. Yeah. You at one point had mentioned that you wished they had fleshed out the characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, in a 90-minute movie, based on now what we've seen of the entirety of the plot, do you still think that? Well, so I've used, I've heard the term fodder used to describe the people who are killed in horror movies, the people who aren't necessarily you know, like, almost like background characters or people who like are initially set up as our protagonists, but we essentially learn nothing about. So if you think about uh, Friday the 13th, some of the camp counselors who we really don't learn much about, but they're just, they're fodder for our, our main killers, uh, for example. I think a little bit, besides the who ended up being the final girl and the kind of final girls, I guess, those are the only two characters we really learn very much at all about. So when you're seeing these other characters get killed, you like, I don't, I, at the time, I don't remember their names. I hardly rec- like, re- uh, really recognize or remember when they were introduced because we're essentially just introduced with a name, like a title card with their name, and just a little quick quip. So, I don't know. I think it would have been a little nicer if we could have just gotten a group dynamic, like a, like a group scene before the chaos started. Like, if they did something 
as a group besides like the storytelling if they did just like an activity or something so we could get a little personality from each person i would have liked it a little more well, to be fair there were 12 camp counselors who ended up there, yeah. down. so maybe not everyone but we literally only get like very much information about two of the 12 which i would have i mean even just a little bit is what i'm saying just a little bit more and see i find nothing wrong with that okay so, so di- different, different strokes different folks all right, so uh, I want to do a quick review here, or a quick rating. Since yeah, we've and then reviewed. after ratings, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce some ideas off you, and I'll see what you think. So. Okay, I think if I am grading this on a spectrum, I'm going to try to kind of consider other horror comedies and where I'd put those, and I think based on that, and then just based on the general gist of the movie, I think I'd put it right around a 6.0. Wow, Flat six. that's really funny because I actually was going to say 5.9. <laughs> so for, for me, when I say 5.9, um, this is a movie that I would elevate a bit higher if you're watching with a group and it's just a group who wants to have fun. If you're like having a few beers or something, I think it's a bit higher than a 5.9. I think I think you'll get enjoyment from this for sure. Um, uh, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before, your atmosphere really affects how you enjoy horror movies. There are certain movies that you really want like a really kind of quiet calm atmosphere just to take it in this is a movie that's going to be more fun if you're if you, you can talk during a little bit you can make jokes about some of the stuff you can laugh with it uh so this is a movie that i think you bump up the rating a bit uh if you're kind of in a more jovial atmosphere but as a movie as a whole i don't think it's bad i think it was worth watching uh not a huge recommendation for me so 5.9 uh if you're if you're looking for a new horror comedy i feel i'd say go ahead and check this out but if you haven't seen a lot of the ones we've talked about do those first yes for sure that's, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so um, something I was thinking then, with this idea of horror comedies, I want to bounce some off you. Um, some try, you know, I'll try to think of some newer ones, too, to kind of see what you liked about them versus this movie. Like, you know, because this one, 6.0, not super high, and I know there's some horror movies that you li- horror comedies you like better, and I kind of just want to hear you say just briefly why. So uh, I'll just start things off simply, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, why is that a better movie than this? Um, well, from... Just a broad strokes. Yeah, from broad strokes, uh, every main character was super entertaining. And I didn't find the problem, but Tucker and Dale, def- with the movie, but Tucker and Dale definitely fleshes out all of their characters. You get a good backstory on the, uh, the hillbillies as well as the college kids. And uh, everything about that, the comedic timing is great. It's a complete flip on the script. Uh, so that one's unique because there's nothing really else out there like it. Uh, nothing that i think of whereas you've got the two sides who think they're being victimized by each other almost uh the ones like that they're running or they're found a suicide cult of kids and the <laughs> other one that they're being attacked so that's such a unique concept uh, actors are really good story ends up transitioning from su- such pure silliness to like a kind of a fun callback to the the start of the movie uh tucker and dale is kind of to me the what's the word it's like the the pinnacle yeah that's that's a word but not the one i want the quintessential yeah quintessential horror comedy okay um all right so broad strokes uh a newer horror comedy how would you compare babysitter netflix is the babysitter from i think 2017 i think at least from a rating perspective i would compare it pretty similarly okay um because i think you well yeah, I think Babysitter benefits from having a strong child lead who does a good job. Because um, I feel like it's a little bit easier to 
get into the, like the perspective of like rooting for or like um empathizing with like a child oh actor. yeah for sure especially like you know we said a lot of these background characters essentially weren't fleshed out at all so if we're seeing them being you know terrorized by a mass killer it, it almost it's, it's not as impactful if you actually get to know them first yeah and but I, that sounds really callous but that's i mean that's you you get that in horror movies a lot if you see these in the purge movies when you see these hundreds of people lying in the streets it's like okay well I, I don't know yeah. anything about them. Like, yeah, okay, it's dead people. That's yeah. sad, but it's not the same. And along those lines, there was basically zero connection between myself and any character in the movie, either good or bad. So it's just like, there. this is a movie that's happening and I'm watching as opposed to one that I feel like I'm a little bit more vested in, like which, which you feel for the babysitter, where you're like, oh, what if I was in this person's shoes? How would I be handling this? Which is kind of what you want from a horror comedy because it's not as serious as like a standard horror film and you're like, okay... I feel like since it's a little bit more jovial, this makes more of a realistic sense to put myself in these shoes and kind of go from there. Like a Shaun of the Dead, since it's so, it's it's almost like upbeat <laughs> in between like the zombie scenes. You're like, oh yeah, this this sounds fun. <laughs> I think I could handle this. Yeah, and I'll give you one more, and that's going to be Zombieland. So Zombieland to me is not a horror comedy; it's a comedy horror. Mm-hmm. Just mostly the importance of that dignification is that the comedy comes first yeah, and the absolutely. horror comes second. Yeah, Whereas it's, it, it's, it's, I think the only reason you even call it a horror is just because they're zombies. Like it, yeah. it, it, I think at no point in the movie is it truly horrific. Yes, I agree completely. Unless you're scared of clowns like uh, Jesse Eisenberg is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, so that Zombieland's another movie I really like just in general. Uh, so this movie's quite a bit lower than that. But... And that, that's another movie you can talk about where you really like the cast. You learn a lot about them and all of the characters kind of are interesting for their own own reasons. But yeah, so that one's at the lowest of the totem that you dropped by a decent amount. Um, the movie here. The, yeah, uh, the movie we just watched. You might be the killer. Okay. But, but again, that's not necessarily, you know, us saying it was terrible. It's just there's, there's better, there's better yes. films out there. There's also worse films for sure. Um, maybe none are jumping out at me, but I've seen some horror comedies that are honestly just terrible. Uh, little, uh, what's uh, Little Evil? Netflix's Little yeah, Evil was little not Evil's. very good. That one tried too hard. Yeah, so there, there's definitely worse ones out there, but this one was, like I said, a good time. Uh, if you're looking for a new new horror comedy to watch, this is a pretty new one, 2018. Uh, yeah, so uh, we would overall recommend if you don't have uh, better stuff to watch. That's yeah. a, that doesn't sound like a glowing recommendation because it's, it's not a glowing recommendation, but... It's a recommendation, we'll say, but if you ask us to repeat ourselves, we'll pretend like we didn't hear you <laughs> and not say it again. Uh, all right. And with that said, check out this smooth transition until we talk about our second movie. We've been having so much fun. Rings of Saturn. Chalk. Sam? I'm really scared. Maybe you could help me out. Being responsible for an entire summer camp. Nature's our nature. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Everything started out so great. And now there's this crazed killer roaming the campground. Wait, really? Everyone is dead. I mean, that sometimes happens. Especially the camp counselors. Like, is it an old camper back for blood? How do you know that? How does knowing who it is help me not die? Figuring out what they want could help you not die. Smart. Sam? 
hate to ask you this, but are you sure you're not the killer? Alright, we're coming at you with another immediate review and reaction to a horror movie that we have watched together. And this one is going to be from 2018 by director Jen Wexler, and that's going to be The Ranger. Uh, Eric had introduced me to this movie. The concept sounds super fun. I'll read kind of a quick synopsis from IMDb so you get an idea of what this movie is about. Teen punks on the run from the cops and hiding out in the woods come up against the local authority, an unhinged park ranger with an axe to grind. Uh, right away, that just sounds fun to me. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a super deep, super profound horror movie, but it sounds like it's going to be a fun kind of slasher. These kids get lost in the woods and have to, you know, survive for their lives. So I'm already kind of into it. It sounds like it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, I mean, you... you it's really easy to get drawn to movies that use a stupid pun in their taglines, like an axe to grind. So, uh, yeah, and also the cover for this, uh, it looks super cool. It reminds me of something I can't exactly describe, like, picture what it is. It's so basically it's just like a blue outline of a, a park ranger with sunglasses and a helmet on. Uh, but he's got like pink, pink writing for the name. Uh, but yeah, this is this is the kind of movie that you're not going into expecting it to be a masterpiece, but one you just really want to have fun with. Uh, so that was our goal, and um, I mean we're going spoiler heavy, so I would say, did we have fun? Yes. Was it a blast? No. <laughs> but uh, there's definitely some things that are worth commenting on. And uh, firstly, so the director was uh, Jen Wexler, who I am unfamiliar with looking through her IMDb page, not really seeing too many connections uh, based on things that she's done before. I mean, I think she did a good job here. I would, I mean, I'm not going to not watch anything in the future because of this movie. Um, and stylistically, it, it didn't seem, I mean, I don't know if it can seem like a woman directed it. It's getting pretty commonplace now. So it's, it's getting more commonplace, but I think it's always good to see, you know, more female directors foraying into horror, especially, I mean, in general, you know, for a long time, film was in a lot of genre, or not genres, a lot of industries were really dominated by men. So it's, I think it's a breath of fresh air sometimes when you get a kind of different perspective with a female director. You know, we've seen a lot of great horror movies directed by women uh, even back as far as the 80s with pet cemetery some more recent ones like the babadook and raw so definitely a lot of great horror movies by female directors and it's always good to see more i remember um there's an interview like a year or two ago uh, jason blum from blumhouse you know the big guy with blumhouse was asked in an interview about like oh are you are you like would will you be interested or you're going to try to use female directors more as, as a something that you're like trying to really pull for and he said like oh there just aren't that many you know, female directors and horror, and people got really mad at him. They were like, they pulling up these lists of all these people. And then, like, after he kind of, like, to say, well, to say face, but also, like, he, it was kind of an honest, like, okay, yeah, that was, I said something dumb, and I'm, I, I took all your input, and I apologize, and I will actually, like, look into a lot of these people because it looks like they've done great things. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of great stuff from female, uh, female directors and horror. XX uh, anthology from two years ago was a uh, three part movie uh with three different female directors as well oh okay i have not seen that one but yeah so yeah plenty plenty of uh source material to draw from there 
And uh, this one I don't think you mentioned, Eric, is going to be starring Chloe Levine as our kind of main girl, and then uh, Jeremy Holm as our park ranger. Then there's kind of a, a mixed bag of actors and actresses who are playing the friends of uh, Chloe, who are these kind of punk rockers who like, immediately in the beginning part of the film have a run with the law. They're trying to conceal some drugs and then end up almost... It's not even clear, maybe killing a police officer, but definitely attacking a police officer with a knife. So they're in a lot of serious trouble, and they're essentially on the lam and hiding out in the woods in uh, in Chloe. And I'm trying to... Uh, Chelsea, sorry. Chelsea is the character's name. They're hiding at Chelsea's uncle's woods house. Which she kind of has a uh, mixed bag of emotions as far as her past with that house. It's... Not quite revealed until you get into the movie what exactly went down. We're told that her uncle passed away there, and it seems like she hasn't been back there since. Uh, so obviously she's going through a little bit of an inner struggle while her friends are kind of in party hideout mode, and she gets a little frustrated as those things go. So yeah. uh, we get a kind of good setup of, obviously they're in a tense situation being on the on the run from the police officer that they may or may not have killed and then she's stressed out about them being at the house and her former relationships there and yada 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 uh, and this is a movie we're getting uh, glimpses into her past but not like a full explanation we get a little bit more information kind of each flashback she has like there's a weird complicated relationship with her uncle that we're not super privy to and she just alludes to uh, her uncle being you know eaten by wolves and and kind of as the movie progresses that turns out to not necessarily be the full case and uh, i think overall <laughs> the the backstory to this movie left me wanting like i don't it didn't really compel me at all once they kind of revealed more information especially the relationship between the uh between jeremy holmes character who played the ranger and then chelsea because they they met each other when they were young the ranger met uh, chelsea after her uncle died and like there was a big reveal uh, of of the ranger knowing something, and then it just fell flat for me. Like I was like, oh, I don't really care. I don't know if you felt similar, Eric. But yeah, I think let's just, let's just get to the, into the thick of yeah, this. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing here. Because so. uh, I don't. This is. Uh, I'll just be straight up. This is a movie that I'm not going to recommend that people go out and watch on their end. Not because it's bad, but because it's not. For what it is, in the kind of situation you'd find yourself wanting to watch this movie i don't think it is best served as as opposed to several other movies yeah i would agree with that uh so yeah basically this comes down to needing to execute a okay so let's start let's start with the ranger so the rangers are our bad guy is he a good bad guy i think in the grand scheme of things he kind of is he has mixed motivations to the point where it's almost just confusing because at, at times he seems like a normal person. At times he seems like a complete sociopath, probably more often on the sociopath side. But I don't know. For me, it just felt like so it felt like kind of that, that B horror, that low budget style horror with a that is essentially just a slasher for slasher's sakes. And so I, I feel like his motivations didn't really make sense to me. Like he kept quoting like really specific rules and regulations that kind of tied into why he was killing these people. But at the end of the day, he was killing them really just to kill them. And well, I, no, I think it was 
So I think his motivation was pretty clear. It's just that well, he's it, he's going to take care of that mountain. Harry S. Truman. I think it was <laughs> personally. It was, it was obviously much more about Chelsea than than anything else. But well, but I don't think that's the case because then you get then you you get to his. Uh, his house at one point, you see he's got some cages and some corpses in there, so clearly he's been killing other people. Yeah, but like some of the stuff, like some of the rules and regulations he would quote, it's like, I, I, I mean, they didn't really do that, but he's saying like that anyways. And I don't know, it just, it was a bit silly. Well, no, to give, give yeah, it, like one of them was like, you must, you cannot bring alcohol on this premises, oh, yeah. and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll cut your, uh, cut your chin open or something. Like it's like okay. Well, to give you, well, to be fair, there were situations where it did work, and so I give you an example of something he would say. Uh, there was a guy who got caught in a bear trap, and instead of trying to unhinge the bear trap, just pulled his leg out. And just was now limbless, uh, and so the uh, regulation he quoted was something about. You have 24 hours to uh, claim your possessions or else they will be confiscated from you from the park ranger. And he just takes his foot and walks away. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so like Eric said, this is a movie that not would, would not recommend. It really just felt like a B-slasher, and it wasn't that fun of one. It wasn't terrible, but it just... There wasn't enough going on. Like I said, the big kind of reveal with the backstory between Chelsea and the Ranger really just fell flat for me. I didn't feel so compelled by their previous relationship and then the continuing relationship. I think, I, I think probably my favorite part, um, at least in the, excuse me, my favorite part in the second kind of half or the final act of this movie was Chelsea's kind of final victory, where mm-hmm. she's uh, becoming really self empowered and, and eventually just, I mean. Well, in a very, very long scene, bludgeons the ranger to death. Uh, very long. I've never seen somebody being beaten in the face with, uh, I forget what object she was holding, but... Well, yeah, well, you know how, like, in some of those old-fashioned movies, like, a, a woman will slap a man and he'll really quickly, like, turn his face back to her? Like, it's kind of like a power move. He, so the park ranger did this <laughs> as he was getting bludgeoned by a pair of binoculars. Like 10 times? Binoculars. More, I think yeah. more than that. It was like 20 yeah, straight and times. And his face like, is just right back bleeding. And you can hear like almost like crunching like his, he's getting bones bro- broken. And yeah. he just, yeah. It, it's a very unnecessarily long bludgeoning scene. Like I don't think that that phrase ever needs to be said. Like he, this person was bludgeoned too long for a horror movie. Like normally it's like. Yeah, two good hits with an object, and that person's kind of down for the count. This was a solid 10, 15 swings. If I'm being realistic, it was probably my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like it in the sense that she was kind of taking power, taking control of the situation, but I don't know. It just felt it, it felt like kind of representative of the movie to me, which was indulging in, in really just being a slasher film and then this kind of gratuitous nature where it's not, not so compelling in terms of... of narration or plot or really development with the characters it's just really fulfilling kind of what you'd expect to see from this kind of movie and it was only an hour 15 i don't know if you it was quick it was time. real quick yeah um, which is sometimes a curse and a blessing i think in this case it was certainly a blessing uh it did maybe it explains a little bit with the backstory them not dedicating too much time to developing any of those characters really besides uh besides chelsea but I don't think that there was much that could have been done there to really improve the quality per se. Um, so this this movie is eerily reminiscent of the 
like re- so the reason I got excited about this movie was the description, and it's eerily, eerily reminiscent of the description for Green Room. Well, I, same I, idea. I think the characters feel very much like the characters from Green Room, but but I think after that is almost for me where it completely yeah that, the comparisons end. Like yeah, it, Green, it, Green stylistic, it's completely different, and uh, the, the how the movie probably plays out is just completely different. Yeah, this movie certainly relies on comedy, whereas Green Room is certain, uh, pretty much a pure thriller. Well, and I just felt like from the get go, especially the opening scenes when they're kind of in the club and. Uh, when they're doing the first initial shots and stuff, a lot of that just felt so low budget. It felt like the camera angles and the cinematography there, I just thought was very poor. I think it got a little bit better as the movie progressed, but starting out, I was just like, I felt like I was almost watching a school project. Like it, like it felt that low budget to me. Well, what they what they were doing was they were trying to simulate an environment where the you as the viewer were like pretty much on the same stimulating drugs that the yeah, I just were on. Didn't, didn't like it. Uh, no, I think it's hard to hard to hard to like that in general, but uh, especially for that movie, it just felt very Cloverfieldy almost. Yeah, um, I think one thing that I would like to applaud with this movie, they actually did a pretty good job of having two characters who ended up being gay, and they made almost no point about it. Like it wasn't a plot point. It wasn't like really ham fisted. It just was like, yeah, these are two gay people, and and it doesn't matter to the movie at all. But there's just I don't know. I think it's interesting. You don't see that very often. How that that turned out? Okay. I mean, it's it's not like 2010. It's 2018. 2019. Well, how often does that happen in movies where it's obviously not a plot point or it's not like some where they actually mention it or like make note of it? I mean, I feel like that's a pretty common can thing. You, can you name a single like? Can you name another movie like it doesn't happen that often? I don't think where it's where it's not really obvious that they're including it just like almost for diversity's sake. I mean, not off the top of my head, but well, I, I just, I just don't, I, I personally don't see that that often. I think it was, I think, I mean, I, I think more movies can do it. It's not a lot. I mean, and it's not necessarily just with like, uh, you know, homosexuality, but a lot of times with uh, race or really specific character traits, a lot of times movies use them as a crutch for for diversity or for like just including kind of different, you know, either points of view or perspectives, whatever you want with the characters, and I think. This movie did a good job of just, yeah, these characters are gay, but it doesn't matter at all because they're just, you know, <laughs> they're also slasher victims and it doesn't really matter what their sexual orientation is because we're not going to treat them like they're just uh, essentially the a stereotype of their representative group. I don't know. That's I So I, I thought that was uh, well done. Well, I guess, okay. I guess I can understand your point from a perspective of, um, especially from like horror movies and slasher movies, uh, it's very typical or common to yeah paint literally everybody into a stereotype yeah. and kind of fulfill their quota of okay well here's the dumb girl who's gonna die first here's the jack and so it's not even just about race or gender but it's about fulfilling those quotas and so I, I get that i guess that makes sense and yeah this movie was more really just about yeah like we mentioned earlier it doesn't build the backstory too much of any of those smaller roles and it just just lets those group dynamics shine through a little bit but keeps the focus on Really, just Chelsea and our our friend, the uh, the park ranger. Yeah. Um, so, Eric, with all that being said, um, we've kind of expressed a little bit of distaste overall. We both have expressed uh, that we wouldn't necessarily recommend this movie. Uh, if you had to go rating off the top of your head, what are you thinking here? Wait, before we do this, I don't know how we haven't mentioned this. There was a point uh, in the movie 
in which it looked like the park ranger was kind of going to triumph, and he had uh, most of the kids either killed or trapped <laughs> in a cage, and then he comes down completely naked. Wearing, oh my gosh! Wearing yeah, a wolf that. skin, and uh, it's like I don't know how to. So it's and like, his, the only living person is Chelsea at this point, and she's in a dog kennel. And then eventually <laughs> gets taken out and has like a dog collar on. It's it's a very very uh, pet pet. What's it? What is a pet play? Sorry, I should. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Th- so that we just wanted to make that aware in case you're. It's like uh, it's like. Um, Peach fuzz. Yeah, it's like peach fuzz from uh, Creep Creep mixed with a lot of depravity. Mixed like the uncle or the, yeah, the uncle from uh, Split. Yeah, that made me think (laughs) of that a little bit too because like when you get, like with the hunting vibes and like the weird. Yeah. Well, I I thought they were, especially with this movie, I thought they were going for like, there was some sort of assault oh i definitely thought that but they definitely ended up not alluding to that at all i i either thought with the uncle and her or the i mean the movie opens up with a young chelsea and the ranger together and then the cops come and seemingly take her away from him because it's and it seems like he's abducted her and he's doing something really uncomfortable to her but that uh, essentially turns out not to be the case he's not really in it for a it's more of a power relationship instead of like a sexual relationship i don't know it like I said, we didn't love this movie. I don't think it really hit exactly on the, the themes it was trying to hit so well and not so compelling. So, Eric, I guess, unless you have anything else to add, I, um, uh, you, if I'd ask you to give a quick uh, overall rating here. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, if you're going to try to be like Thanksgiving, go full Thanksgiving. And it wasn't full Thanksgiving. It was in between. Yeah. So It, what, felt, like a, it felt like a B slasher, really. A B slasher, well, yeah. Yeah. So let's give it a rating. Um, I think I would probably end up on the high four, maybe 4.9, 4.8 range. And like I said, this is not a movie I'm going to recommend. I think you're I think you're probably better suited just taking a shot in the dark uh, with anything that sounds interesting to you. I mean, that's kind of what we did here. And I, I, I we had some fun with it, but... That's about the extent I can go yeah. <laughs> as far as praise. I was also going to go somewhere between four and five. I was thinking right around four and a half because I think this was a below average horror movie for me, especially. I mean, I, most of the horror movies, I try to watch something I, I think I'll enjoy. So almost all movies I end up rating, I'll usually give a pretty good rating to, you know, somewhere between six and eight is, is probably where I fall most often. So this is definitely, I'd say, the the least enjoyable horror movie I've seen in, in quite a while, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some bad ones. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, like I said, I really try to pick stuff that I you know, think I'll like. So this one I'd say about four and a half. Uh, would not recommend. Not the worst experience, but I've seen a lot of horror movies I liked a lot more. So Yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, we're just trying to... Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're not too different from us. Just trying to... Uh, Pave a path for yourself where you're finding some finding some gems in the rough, and uh, unfortunately, you can keep swinging, keep chopping down those trees and grass, and pave your new new path and the skirt past this one. Yeah, and uh, we've talked a couple times on this podcast about how we are in a golden age of horror. We are in a great opportunity to see a lot of great movies. That does not mean every single one that's coming out these days is going to be a big hit. 
Um, this one even that we're looking at the IMDb page has a 5.1 out of 10, which, you know, sometimes there's, there's really solid movies that have that low ratings, but if you're dropping below that six level on IMDb, oftentimes it's a bit indicative that it's not so great. And, uh, yeah, we can definitely, uh, cleanly recommend that you pass on this one. And, uh, yeah, so that, with that being said, this was two immediate responses, reactions to horror movies. It was a bit weird to do. Uh, without any preparation, <laughs> you get our raw thoughts. So we finished this movie yeah, just about a half hour ago. Would you, would you say that about a half hour ago, Eric? And uh, I think for me, we especially with the first movie we watched, uh, You Might Be the Killer, we also I, we talked a lot less during it. I think we were both trying to keep our opinions to ourselves a little bit so we'd have a bit more to discuss on the podcast. But this is a movie where we didn't talk that much, and I feel like we didn't want to talk that much after, so... Uh, is this one of those that you, it didn't really uh, stick with me that much? I mean, it was it was surface level stuff. It's really not cutting that deep. There's not much to talk, to talk about besides laughing at some of the one liners. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, it was it was it was. I mean, it's it's fun. I enjoy watching horror movies, even if they're not the best. I've seen many 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 a few that I would cl- uh, classify as not the best. So I'm used to it. I can still find ways to have fun with them. But hopefully you're listening to this recommendation, and maybe you can try to find a, try to find something that's going to better fill your next seventy five minutes. And talking about the better fill in your next seventy five minutes, I'd like to transition from this kind of negative experience with this last movie, and then talk a little bit about our, about our next podcast because I would have loved to do it as our sequential podcast from the first one, but we are coming at you with the Haunting of Hill House Part Two episode that's going to be coming out next week. We're very excited about it. Uh, we watched a couple episodes here while Eric's visiting, but we didn't have enough time to take notes and really watch all of them. And we'd really like to do a great job on this this kind of final episode because not only are we going to cover the last five episodes, but we're going to be covering some overarching themes from this series. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of what our expectations are from season two. And, uh, you know, like we said from the first episode, if you've listened to it, uh, we absolutely loved Haunting of Hill House. And we are very excited for what's to come. So uh, it's going to be a really good episode. If you have not seen Haunting of Hill House, and if you somehow are listening to this episode before you listen to our Haunting of Hill House part one episode, don't listen to it. We spoil a lot of things. Just go watch Haunting of Hill House. And we are going to be super excited to be bringing that episode to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumping Scared Podcast. Have any questions, comments, want to share your horror movie opinions with us feel free to reach us at jumping scared podcast on twitter or by email jumping scared at gmail.com see you next episode